Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. Panhandle Weight Loss Center is a unique surgical practice focused on changing lives. Our approach moves away from the singular goal of weight loss and encompasses one of overall health and wellness. This podcast explores a variety of topics inside the realm of health and wellness, including nutrition, fitness, lifestyle issues, and even surgery. The goal of this program is to inspire listeners to take a critical review of your life as we guide you towards a paradigm that translates to life change. Okay, well, here we are with Dr. Blue uh, today. Um, we have nothing planned to talk about, nothing. so we're going to see where that goes. And that's usually when we are most creative in yeah. the OR, we talk about random things. So, uh, how was your weekend? Good weekend. It rained. It's starting to feel fall. My yeah. wife uh, started burning all the fall candles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get, did you get any baked, baked pumpkin jet or anything? Yes. Uh, no, but she was, looking, she was looking on the internet for some of them. Okay. Um, do you guys do like that big harvest time decorating? I mean, being a farming family, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely, yeah. Did your mom do that growing mm-hmm. up? And then you change all the scenery. Uh-huh. It goes from the kind of the summer flower look to pumpkins everywhere. Gotcha. Okay. And then um, have you ever seen the houses kind of like in Wolfland that have like 600 pumpkins? Yes. Is that yeah. you? you do no, that? not yet. No. no. Or is, that, is that like a That's that a our statement? neighbor. That's a statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have to up your pumpkin game. Um, they look pretty. Yeah. I mean, just big ones to small ones to, it's like they go in and buy the whole. Um, yeah. And the cornucopias. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the ones that look like it has warts on it. Yes. Yeah. Those are good. Those are good. You ever, I mean, do you ever eat pumpkin pie? Only Thanksgiving yep. and Christmas. Oh yeah. Thanksgiving. I only eat it Thanksgiving. I look forward to it. Yeah. It's great. So guilt for eating Thanksgiving, go for the pumpkin pie. Yeah. Not the frozen one that they get from the grocery store homemade. Yeah, that's been a challenge because my, uh, once my, my grandmother passed away, and uh, so uh, more and more pies are purchased from Sam's. Yeah. So I just kind of skip the pie line. Right? Do you too? I mean. It has, uh, again, I think we get back to where uh, food, it has to be, if we're going to eat the sweet things or something that's kind of out of our normal healthiness, it has to be gonna make it worth high it. quality. Yeah, gonna make it worth it. Yeah, I'm not gonna waste okay. a bad bad pie. Okay. Well, I'll kind of kick this health and wellness conversation off. Uh, I told you this morning that I just recently started listening to Proteinaholic. Yes. By Garth Davis, who is a fellow bariatric surgeon. Mm-hmm. Kind of wondering these days. I think he's mainly based out of Houston. Left for a while. Was in Tennessee for a little while. I think. Yeah. Uh, has gone vegan mm-hmm. in protest of the over protein world. Um, and I'm disclaimer, I'm only a half a chapter into the book, uh, but it's been fairly, uh, hard for me to agree with anything he's saying because mainly cause I haven't gotten to the meat of the book yet. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm still going to listen. Mm-hmm. So if Garth is listening, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. He's not listening to our podcast. Well, well, and I think this is a good conversation. I, I didn't know if we need to go here this soon, but let's talk no. about it is, is, you know, there veganism uh, uh, and let's talk about the health aspects and the unhealthy aspects and I think out there right now a lot of people when you hear about veganism and they're they're painting it as it's like the ultimate healthiest diet that you can eat is that true Bo 
Uh, no. Um, I think the, the I think the tenets of health and wellness and with eating ring true whether you're a vegan, a vegetarian, pescatarian, mm-hmm. omnivore, carnivore, whatever you want to be. Um, I think the real uh, challenge. I assume this is where you're going with this. I think the real challenge with uh, being a vegan or vegetarian, just like you know, being some uh, uh, a intaker of the standard American diet is processed food is processed Absolutely. food right yeah so you know don't I, I don't we don't want people ever gravitating towards vegan or vegetarian uh just because the moniker or the headline sounds healthy yeah. you still have to like understand what you're eating is that yeah. kind of your takeaway yeah and i would say that it, this is to me it's been fun researching all this and listening to podcasts and reading books because um right now I think there's a huge push for either veganism or a plant-based diet, whether it be because it's cutting, you know, they're claiming it's cutting CO2 emissions by doing that. So it's being pushed on a massive scale, but at the same time, they're trying to push it from a health scale or a health uh, perspective. Um, I listened to a podcast last week, Dr. Hyman, and he had, and I was going to pull it up, an author on who basically very good book on talking about all those angles and and I think that's going to tie back to your protein intake that you were just you're visiting about on the the book that you're starting to yeah. read yeah um, I, briefly let's talk about the difference between a plant-based diet mm-hmm. and vegetarian and veganism okay so Here's the way I, I would classify. And I'm, I'm going to do some work around while you're talking, okay? You Kay. can talk. Okay. Um, so veganism is defined as... All right, Bo. Uh, you can explain what I'm doing. So Bo's working on the our equipment here. And we're filming this first time today, so we got to actually... It's going well. <laughs> um, so veganism is basically no animal products. It's all plant, um, plant foods. And so it cuts out dairy, it cuts out fish, it cuts out any red meat, uh, pork, anything like that. And the claim of the health aspect of that is that there's people propose that animal products, you know, whether it be raises your cholesterol because of saturated fat or because of the way you cook it there's carcinogens in it or for example with dairy they claim that the casein protein has some deleterious effects in our body and so a pure plant-based vegan diet is the healthy way to go Um, but we'll talk about that there are also negative health consequences to that vegetarian is is that, um, but you can have, you can have dairy, mm-hmm. eggs, eggs. exceptions in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you want to dive off onto the goods and bads or what do you want to, where do you well, want to go no, with this? I, I really didn't want to like demonize vegan or vegetarian, but, mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, when you hear the word plant-based diet, mm-hmm. um, cause I would probably say, you know, I'm a fairly plant rich plant plant rich rich diet Uh, but i don't want people confusing plant-based with vegan or vegetarian yeah so plant-based meaning get a lot of vegetable vegetables a lot of appropriate vegetables 
I'm still eating a lot of meat, uh, but I'm not shying away from the vegetables. All that considered, I'm trying to eliminate all the processed foods I can. Yeah. And the, the baseline uh, underpinning of all healthy diets and all bad diets is the consideration of processing, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly. And, and I, w- I would I'd try to sum up my diet that I, I guess where I am today is plant rich, probably 60 to 70 percent plants. Uh, but a good, you know, 30 to 40 percent well uh, raised um, meats, meaning that they're regeneratively grown um, by nature, more organic. Um, and then if I do dairy, same thing. It's more uh, pasture raised dairy, um, A2. Uh, raised cows so just being mindful of the quality of of everything that I'm purchasing where it has better flavor and I think it's more nutrient dense yeah so that was one of the big things that turned me off for this book in the intro uh like I'm just started uh so I haven't haven't done the book away yet but uh Dr. Davis states that uh, you know meat's meat doesn't matter how you rate it doesn't matter how you you raise it doesn't matter how you cook it meat's just bad for you I mean, that was his kind of overarching statement. And I was like, what? I mean. So I can just, we can just go ahead and kill, kill that statement because there's been some great uh, research done uh, by a guy, and I'll have to get his name. He was at Duke. And basically he took, for example, you know, our current feedlot cattle that are finished on corn versus a pasture finished or um yeah, cover, compared. cover crop, multi-diverse species, cover crop finished cow. And what they analyzed was lots of components, you know, what, how many antioxidants were in that meat. Uh, also, when you consumed it, the inflammatory profile in us. And so there was a difference. And so meat's not meat. Okay. And th- the other thing that, you know, that, that kind of ruffled, uh, you know, my, my feathers with that statement was um, his kind of approach to uh, kind of demonizing protein in general. And I, I get his point. Like, um, we as a society, like anybody you talk to that's kind of gone through a health and wellness push, I mean, protein. I mean, it's one of my favorite South Park episodes. Really. And we and we push yeah. protein pretty high here. Don't and you agree? It, so that's the reason I haven't given up on the book yet. Like, yeah. are we saying the right things when it comes to uh, amount of protein? And the one thing he does say that I do agree with is... It, is We've gotten to this point in the, in the world where we've broken food down into macronutrients. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not a, a long-term solution. You need to think more about, you know, the sourcing and, and what types of food uh, and how your body specifically responds to those foods. So I do, I, this reason I wanted to listen to the book was he was, you know, saying, hey, we've been, you know, this this protein experiment, you know, Dr. Atkins was, what, what 30, 35 years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, we've kind of had this, protein centric approach to trying to get healthy and I, I get what he's saying like hey that's not the only thing mm-hmm. you can't you can't protein yourself to health and wellness mm-hmm. uh, so I do uh, appreciate that it's just some of the uh, kind of the other controversial type statements like uh, you know uh, it doesn't matter how you raise that cow it's all the same like yeah I, mean, I don't know about if, I, if I agree with that I don't and I you know I don't know if he would that book this book's been out for like two or three years maybe he doesn't even agree with it anymore yeah. but 
Uh, I thought there were some pretty dangerous statements in there. And I think that that's a point that kind of I think all our listeners need to know is our what we're teaching evolves. Uh, we're always trying to gather new research. You know, is our current protein intake recommendations for all our patients, you know, has that changed? It, it changes as we learn more information. And so that's why I encourage all patients listen to this podcast because this is kind of our way of working out what we feel like is the healthiest for all of us to be eating. Um, I, I guess what I've learned over the past few years is, is I'd, food's medicine. And, and looking at food in a way that just like meat's not, not all meat's the same. And finding meat that has all those, you know, it, it goes back to how the cow was raised. And if that cow is eating, you know, a lot of different uh, species and of plants and it's getting all these antioxidants, well, ultimately we've seen that that I get that when I eat that. Um, and the same thing on eating, you know, a bunch of different vegetables by eating, you know, well-grown vegetables and diverse amount of vegetables, I'm giving my body um, at a cellular level what it needs. Therefore, I feel better. Um, and then adding in all the other aspects of life of, you know, sleeping well, managing stress. Do you measure your protein intake? I don't. Sorry, I'm, I'm pulling. I don't. This, that's, that's, that's a good point. So um, I don't. How much uh, protein... Uh, as we have this conversation moving away from macronutrients, uh, mm -hmm. what, how much, you know, how much protein do you think you get a day? Boy, that, you know what? I would have to, let's, let's calculate it. You want to do that? You do it right now? Let's do it while you're talking. Okay. Okay. Well, I just, so I just calculated my, uh, so going off the RDA, uh, and the USDA kind of guidelines, it's 0.8 grams mm -hmm. per kilogram of body weight, mm -hmm. which I've always been confused, uh, with that because, you know, say you're a 450 pound person. Uh, I mean, so you're gonna you're gonna eat 0.8 of I'm bad at math to kilograms, but 450 divided by 2.2 times 0.8. You're really gonna eat that much protein, and that's how you think you're gonna get healthy. Um, so I've always not understood why why protein recommendations should not be based off your lean body mass or your, at least your ideal lean body mass for your frame. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just calculated mine. Uh, so I, my goals would be 70 to 75 grams of protein a day per the RDA. And so what I know about the RDA is that um, their recommendations are based off uh, fulfilling the protein needs of 95, I think, I can't remember if it was 95 or 99% of the population. So it's kind of an overcalculation for the most part because they're trying to include, you know, the entirety of the population in their recommendations, not the, not the average American. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm having to, I'm, I'm trying to add while you're talking. Oh, but we're physicians. Uh, adding is not our <laughs> strong point. Um, so, you know, we, we've all seen those, those dietary programs out there, though, like, uh, uh, and, you know, what, from what I know about Atkins is it, it kind of started off more as a ketotic diet, right? He was, they were trying to uh, get people into metabolic flexibility and ketosis, but protein, the word protein just rings so easily on the ear. So that's when they started really pushing these high protein diets. Um, but, you know, from what I know about metabolic flexibility and ketosis, protein won't get you there. Yeah. And so, you know, you do these high protein diets, you see some results up front. 
Uh, but then long term, you it's just like any other fad diet. You're going to hit that wall. You're going to gain your weight back. And there's going to be five more extra when you get done. And I think kind of looking at all the, the studies of these high protein diets, what I think the early, a lot of this early success they saw was people, most people were cutting out a lot of the carbs, sugar, um, and substituting it more for protein. And then we do know that protein's more satiating than a carb. And so that's where I think that they saw a lot of some of the weight loss early yeah, on. Yeah, early benefits. Yeah. Um, but it was more of a substitution is the way that I saw it. Hmm. Did you ever eat any of those protein bars from Dr. Atkins? No, I Speaking can't. Speaking of I, processed food. We, so let's talk about protein bars. Well, so that's, that's where I was hoping we'd go uh, to protein powders and protein bars. Yeah. And, and this is a disclaimer. Um, I think this is a hard hard navigation for our all of us our patients because when you do the pre and post op diet particularly the post op diet you're pretty limited on on what you can eat is it let's pause there what would you eat for the 2 weeks of the liquid diet wow this is all right our patients are going to love this podcast because you're putting me on the spot. Yeah, I mean, you could have turned it right about. You could have Harvard answered me. Like, <laughs> that's a great question. What would you do? Um, so when I look at, and it'd be great to have Chelsea here. When I look at our current uh, two week, particularly the first two weeks, that's the hardest part. Um, it's mostly you know soups and protein shakes, and so the things that are out there that are mostly like that have a lot of sugar and a lot of carbs. Yeah, I think one thing to say is pro, pre, especially pr, uh, pre-made protein shakes, that's a that's an ultra-processed food, Yep. right? Protein in a bag form, that's a processed food, would you say? Yes. All right, so now that we've come to terms with that, what would you do? Yeah, so for breakfast, I'd make my own shake, uh, protein shake, and... Not a pre-made? Not a pre-made. So... The thing is, you can't have a lot of chunks, so you got to really get this to a fine nature. Um, but probably I'd add in some blueberries. Oh, yeah, blueberries are good. Uh, some strawberries. Um, some full-fat yogurt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do a little consistency. Yep. And pasture-raised, um, if you could do it, A2 cows. Um, and then I would probably use whole milk as my carrier okay okay now so the now dilemma water. is the dilemma is if you're lactose tolerant what to do um, and then i would add in probably some kind of protein powder just as a an additional supplement okay and then we, we won't delve into protein powders unless somebody wants to sponsor us and then we'll plug you out there anybody listening no uh, so we we sell gen pro we sell um, that's probably the most popular yeah, that we then use. Mark Sisson's Primal, like the collagen protein, mm-hmm. uh, pretty good. Flavorless. Um, so you would just do that three that w- days, three times a day. So I do that for breakfast. That's your breakfast. Yeah. Um, for lunch, uh, I'd find, for example, uh, the miso soup at any of the, um, like the Japanese steakhouse. That's one. Um, but that, I would assume a miso soup at a restaurant is, it, is just a bouillon cube correct. with some, some green onions cut up in it. It'd be a, nice. One, one mushroom sometimes. So the ideal scenario is to make your own kind of like a bone broth. 
Um, get you some uh, meat bones, uh, chicken bones, and basically... Natural Grocers has uh, frozen bones, and they have a bone broth recipe on the back. That's where we get ours. I used to buy them from Eads, but then I kind of got a little snooty about the quality of the bones, and so that's the reason I turned to Natural Grocers. But I assume Eads, um, most of those cows are... I mean, they're from mom and pop, Yeah, you know. Um, and then just kind of using that as a base for your some of your variations of some soups that you could make. Mm-hmm. And then you, you ever eat pho? You know, like, I don't. like ramen? I don't. Uh, like from any of the Asian restaurants? I mean, a, a, a pho or a, um, like, oh, man, great soup from uh, the, the, the Thailand place here. Ichiban? Yeah, nah, I mean that too. But most of those are bone broth based. They're supposed to be. Uh, that's a true a true pho or a true ramen should be bone broth. So, you know, they're they're very happy to give you a big old, you know, uh, styrofoam container. I mean, we, we can talk about how bad styrofoam containers are, but let's not go there. Uh, but they'll, I mean, you can go in there and literally buy their broth uh, from them. So I would do that. Bone broth, make my own bone broth. Um, what else would you do? So let me tell you, before I tell you what else I do, what I think's the challenge for all our patients is, this sounds great in theory, mm-hmm. okay? You gotta be making this your own, your own, is most of the things that we list are, are things that you can buy. And I think that by default, you go get the premier proteins, you go get the, um, oh, the puddings, the sugar-free puddings, things like that. And the nutritional value is just lacking. Um, also, I'd love to do, to look at insulin response um, on all of these kind of products that we recommend. That's something since we've started, you know, doing glucose monitors, we haven't looked at, and it'd be interesting to look at that. Well, you're our you're our rat, so <laughs> I'll buy you a case of Venture. I'll deliver it tonight. So I, I don't know. We need to look, we need to revisit that because I think the first two weeks. I think the concept is the stomach, you know, it's swollen. We need it to heal properly. We have had patients that have eaten regular food the first week or two. I had a, I had a, a leak because of that. And so that's something don't, we do not recommend. Uh, but how could we make it healthier? And the whole, the whole concept is, is getting all the added sugar out of uh, someone's diet uh, to get them into that ketosis where they're, you know, burning fat, they're losing weight, it's switching their body over from being carb dependent to fat metabolically flexible Mm -hmm. is what we're hoping to do. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I think, uh, and I'm assuming it's gonna be the point of the book is we've just turned protein into another one of those levels that, that we just need to check the box. Yeah. Like instead of paying attention to the quality of the protein and the source of the protein and what that protein is, uh, doing to your body, it's like, oh, you know, I got 80. Checkbox. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think, you know, and, and, and I'm okay with that in the first, uh, you know, month out of surgery when you're just trying to get the things in that you can. But, you know, long term, we want you, you know, eating your protein, whether that's a vegetable source or a meat source, either one, we want you eating that whole food. Yeah. You know? You rec- would you agree with that? Absolutely. Getting to whole foods. I think that's the, b- the basis of health is not processed foods. Okay. And another one of his statements in his intro is he said he's never seen anybody that's protein deficient, which I vehemently disagree with. 
Oh, I mean, I see people all the time with, you know, low albumins and low protein levels. And would you agree with that? I, I totally agree with that. Rocker? And I think one of those things that, you know, in the health and wellness realm, we're starting to see is as you age, you tend to lose muscle mass. And one of the, the signs of advanced aging is, you know, losing muscle mass faster than other people around you. And what ultimately happens, and, and this is where I was going to go with, you know, veganism, that there's a, there's a worry about that, is you lose a lot of muscle mass in your later age. Uh, because as you get older, past 60, 65, you don't absorb protein as well as you did when you are younger. So therefore, you have to have higher quality protein, which is usually a meat-based, a meat source, uh, to keep your muscle mass up where you don't fall, break your hip, and you die. That's, that's unfortunately, that's, that's a lot of um, outcomes that happen when you lose your muscle mass as you get older. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just look at, uh, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and his meat-eating days versus his vegan days, and, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to pick which one you'd want to be. Uh, but he blames his heart attacks on the meat that he ate. Uh, did, did you watch that documentary? No, uh, I haven't. God, what's it called? Um, anyways, I'll look that up. Uh, but they did it. They did it. There was kind of a push for veganism, uh, plant-based diets. Uh, and, you know, even in the, the book, Dr. Davis is talking about, I used to be that guy that ate the protein, protein. I was, you know, I put extra meatballs on my spaghetti and extra you know, uh, meat on my sandwiches. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, this is already a biased study, right? Uh, because you're, you know, is the, is the problem the extra meat or all the, you know, the carbs you're getting in the, or the, the processed carbs and bread and, you know, the American pasta. flour and the pasta and things of that nature. So, you know, to, for him to like just totally beat down the protein, I think is a little unfair. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Should I just give up on the book now? No, I no. think I think here's one thing I've learned is you need to read both sides of the story because I, I it either as I learn more, it either reaffirms what I see to be um, healthy or or what the data or uh, I think it either reaffirms things or it or it changes your position on things and it's okay to to be open minded. I mean, it's a very <laughs> abnormal statement. I mean. No, I, I, I love. I, You're I think saying we don't want to be the Fox or CNN of health and wellness. Correct. Okay. I think I'm always. Uh, I think it's wise to take in information, even if it challenges you on your beliefs, and because I think it's going to sharpen. Um, it's going to sharpen you, and so would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, you disagree with me all the time, so <laughs> that's the reason I'm a, a better person. No, I'm just kidding. We agree on a lot of things, but when we disagree, we get to talk through it. Yeah. Which make, makes us better people. So you don't, you know, going back to you, mm -hmm. uh, you you do not count your protein intake. I don't. Okay. I don't I don't. Never have. Uh, I think now early on we recommend that for our patients to get an idea of kind of what they're eating. Um, them to be mindful of looking at things and understanding how much protein is in, in, in what they're eating. Um, I think you need to go through that to understand, um, you know, how many calories is in this? How many pro how many how much proteins in this? What what is a source of protein? I think it's good to be educated on that information. Okay, so let's just look at a day in the life of Doctor Blue Schneider John, mm -hmm. just protein wise. Okay. So morning. So let's go through yesterday morning. Okay, so it was I, a weekend. It was yeah, a weekend, a little different. Uh, so I usually 
um, on the weekends, I cook two eggs, pasture-raised, organic. Um, again, it goes back to quality. And then I usually make kind of an egg scramble with um, basically some vegetables. So bell pepper, onions, spinach, um, garlic, olive oil, and... You've, so, shared, you've shared your picture of your omelet with multiple people. Correct. It's, it's, it's yeah, I was stellar. In, I was in Florida one time and saw a picture of your omelet. <laughs> so let's go with one egg. One egg has around six grams of protein. So there's 12. Plus, I'm going to say with all the vegetables and everything, I'd throw probably another three grams in there. So we're mm. at 15. Eating those high-protein vegetables? Um, there's a... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's lunch. And you're not a snacker, right? I'm not a snacker. All right, so all right, that was breakfast. So now we're on to lunch. Well, so we did a little brunch thing, and guess what I ate again? Eggs. Pretty much the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, you find something, go with it. Yeah, so did that twice. And then last night, my wife made a um, kind of like a, a beef stew. Mm-hmm. Um, ground beef is the base um, with some beans. Did you throw some bone broth in there? She did put yeah. some bone broth in there and some avocado. Um, like a little taco I'm not going to say that yeah. I put some tortilla chips in there. Yeah. And matter of fact, last night I'll have, I have to show you my glucose spiked tremendously. So we're having it again tonight. I'm not going to do the tortillas. I'm going to see what it looks, how it yeah, changes. Try some apple cider vinegar or some uh, pre- Pre-game uh, veggies. No, I'm gonna do. My, I'm gonna do my walk afterwards. That's my oh, plan. Okay. All right. Yeah. Christy just walked in. So <laughs> there she is. We we invaded her office for this podcast. Um, so you're gonna you're just gonna experiment with doing the walk afterwards. So Correct. not trying to decrease the, the uh, response, but help it recover quickly. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. So looking at that, I'm just estimating though. Mm-hmm. So that's 30. I bet I was just at around probably 50, 55 yesterday. Without any effort. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, now I'd say what's different during, during the day, I would probably um, have a little bit more meat with my lunch. So I'm out of there four ounces in there. So I had another um, probably 15 grams. Where does that meat that. come from? Like where do you... Um, because of all the people I know, you're the least likely ever to eat at the hospital or uh, food that's provided. Like you're yeah. bringing your food. So where from does home. your where does your protein source come from? So I have different places. I, again, I I love shopping for high quality uh, foods. So the chicken I ate uh, today um, was from Joyce Farms, uh, North Carolina. It's regeneratively grown, um, meaning that. Um, and that's a whole nother thing. Soul health, high quality. It's a um, heritage breed chicken. Has a lot more flavor. Is this the Bard Rock? Is this is the Poulet Rouge. The Poulet Rouge. The Poulet yes. Rouge. Yeah. Two, um, two fancy breeds of chickens. And my pork comes from this similar place, uh, or Joyce Farms, regeneratively grown. It's a also a heritage breed pork. And once you eat this stuff, you can't go back. Um, and then the beef, it depends. Um, there's some really good, I really like some local beef here, like 4B at Salt. Um, it's a Wagyu. Uh, I do Joyce Farms. Matter of fact, last night our ground beef was uh, basically grass-finished uh, beef. Um, what about you? You're asking me all these questions. I'm it's my pocket. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that invited you. Uh, so my breakfast... Uh, 
Life know, in the day of bow. Yeah. So probably half the week I'm fasting through breakfast. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll intermittently fast, time restrict, whatever, whatever you term you want to put on that. Uh, the days I eat breakfast are, it's usually eggs um, and sausage or bacon. And now don't, nobody get angry with me about the sausage and bacon. I'm trying to change that process aspect of my life, but it is what it is right now. And the kids like to eat it. So, so why, why do you feel guilty about that? I don't feel guilty about it. Uh, I do, I do recognize that, you know, there are significant preservatives in uh, bacon and. But what if you get the nitrate free? Yeah, it doesn't taste good. So, <laughs> uh, no, I'd say probably half the time we eat Penderson, Penderson Farms. That's uh-huh. nitrate free. Um, but most of those are feed yard. I mean, it's feed yard pork. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the same, the same sentiments you have about uh, 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 confinement produce beef. You know, you're buying your your snooty beef from from uh, for well, wherever you get it. Uh, I mean, you have to consider bacon's the same way. It's a, I mean, it's a, a confinement finished animal and i would even say that my sentiments just flavor mm-hmm. i think when they're grown well they're fed well they taste better yeah if there was a um, a healthy bacon producer that would cut their bacon just a little thicker <laughs> than most of the hoity-toity health and wellness bacons i probably would use it more okay but you know i'm kind of a sucker for that uh you know, sam's you know rights bacon thick yeah. cut oh man it's good stuff yeah. Uh, so I'll probably do that once or twice a week. Um, and then, uh, we, we have some pan sausage that uh, the kid, that's what the kids prefer. Um, and I'm buying that currently at Sam's trying to move away from that. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, you know, my dad, we would, we would kill pigs every year and we'd kill deer, deer. And so most of our sausage was 50% pork, 50% deer, all wild, mm-hmm. all grass fed, grass finished. Uh, but why, you know, wild shot, you know, wild caught wild harvested, I guess, as you would say. So I'm trying to, that's my goal this year is to try to kill as much as my harvest. That's a better word. Harvest the, the more, the, the most protein that I can. Uh, so I don't snack usually, uh, lunch, uh, if I'm really on my game, same as you, a leftover meat from the night before, whether that's steak, salmon, uh, or chicken or pork on a salad, mm-hmm. big salad, mm-hmm. uh, usually with, um, you know, bell peppers, tomatoes, if they're in season. Only, the only tomatoes I eat are the tomatoes I grow. This is a plug uh, for Bo, Bo grows these heritage tomatoes that are mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. They, they they're awesome. they got to babysit those dang things, though, man. They are not easy to... Heirloom, that's yeah. what they are. Heirloom, heritage, yeah. heritage blend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, my, my, pro, my first protein intake on most days is lunch. And, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm going out of my way to eat a ton of, of meat. I just put enough on top of the salad, but it's mainly a big salad drizzled with olive oil, uh, and then salt. Um, I'd say the majority of my lunches that I bring are that I'm not as diligent at you about the hospitals. Uh, so I usually eat, uh, at when I'm at, 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 you know, one of the hospitals, I eat, uh, two, um, hamburger patties with cheese, which on their, their calculations, those two patties is 80 grams of protein. I don't know if I agree with that. What would you think? Let's look it up. Okay. Um, with a salad. Uh, so that's my, when I don't bring my lunch, that's what I'm eating at the hospital. Uh, nighttime, our, our typical dinner is one protein source, uh, of, of just like what I just mentioned, fish, chicken, uh, beef, um, you know, whatever, uh, and then one to two vegetables. 
uh, right now because the garden's producing, it's uh, it's going to be shishito peppers or mm. uh, banana peppers or okra, uh, butternut squash. Uh, what else are we kind of getting pretty pretty good out of the? Uh, we'll kind of start the meal off with some sliced radishes, sliced cucumbers prior to, to eating. Uh, sometimes the kids are into that, sometimes they're not. Um, and then I don't eat anything after dinner. So I, you know, I'd say in a typical day, I'm probably getting 50 to 65 grams yeah. of protein outside of those, those proteined up uh, patties at that. So, so what did, saying. what did you say? One patty had how many? So at BSA, or uh-huh. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to throw a name out there, but the hospital that I eat those at, they say two patties with cheese is 80 grams of protein. So one three ounce patty, which I would say we're probably eating more of a five ounce. Would you agree? Yeah, maybe five. So a five ounce patty is 35 grams of protein that goes to, I, I mean, this comes back to a very dense source of protein. Uh-huh. That's awesome. That's awesome. Are you switching over to my, my pro- <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I would, while you were talking about when we were eating at the hospital, I want you, I want to go back to Bowen blue five years ago. <laughs> what would our meal at the uh, hospital look like, Bo? Oh, man. Uh, man We've they, come so – this gives – I think gives all our patients hope because yeah. what we thought was healthy five years ago, and we were doing what we're doing, but oh, we just man. hadn't really oh, – I'll say we're still early in our learning. How about yeah. that? Well, BSA was – the uh, or uh, lunch at the hospital was kind of a cheat meal uh, back then, so <laughs> – uh, whatever the entree of the day was, which they make, they, remember that fried chicken? Yeah, it had, bec- it? it had pecan crust pecan to crusted, it, but oh, it had yeah. more carbs around it than you can oh, imagine. Killer though, right? Yeah, pecan chicken. And it's then cold. what do they always serve that with? Oh, fried, a fried zucchinis, man. That and fried okra. Fried okra. See, oh, man. yours is zucchini, mine's, mine's the fried okra. Oh, both of them, whatever they had, I, got, I took it. But my favorite is what we finished it off with. Oh, tapioca pudding, man. See, I got the, cho- I got the chocolate, uh, swirl yeah. pudding oh, yeah. so uh, and we were there's doing hope because we there's were hope for <laughs> all our patients out there because we we thought this was healthy well i guess we struggle with it but yeah. we ate it every day and then our typical healthy lunch in the clinic was uh jimmy john's <laughs> freaky fast man freaky fast pounds on your waistline <laughs> uh, oh. and we would we probably we probably popped the whole office jimmy john's three times we, we, were, we were basically oh. poisoning the office i mean we would be so productive <laughs> until lunch hit, and then everybody our went into coma afterwards. Yeah, our productivity after lunch in the office was like twenty percent. I mean, we have we're come we've come a long way. Yeah. So what I hope our patients see is that we're normal. I mean, this is what I think is fun is is you're you're constantly learning, trying to be healthier. One thing I told uh, this is a tangent, but I told my wife this no weekend. no tangents allowed in this podcast. <laughs> um. I keep seeing people at the end of their, not in their life, say the prime of their life. They've got a successful business. They've got a successful, you know, they've got great, they've got kids, grandkids, they're traveling, they're doing whatever they want, but they're unhealthy. Mm-hmm. They're having a hard time walking. They're fighting diabetes. They, they're getting, um, you know, a diagnosis of cancer and it's a tragedy and you can't buy health. Health has to be lived every day. And it's health comes from, you know, our habits every day, our food choices. 
And what I encourage all my patients, all of our patients is, you know, don't waste your health because you can't go and earn that back. And so these surgeries are great tools to help reset things, but it's what you put in your mouth every day. It's getting good sleep. It's managing stress. It's having good relationships. Um, because once you lose your health, it's real hard to get back. Yeah. Can't, you can't order a replacement on Amazon. Nope. That's what you're saying. No. So I think all of us being wise and, and learning what it looks like to eat healthy and, and, and running with that and building upon that reading books, listening to podcasts, um, learn as much as you can because that investment is invaluable. Okay. Anything else you want to cover today? No, this is random. I have to admit, I kind of felt, uh, I hope I don't have to come back and do some retractions of some stuff we talked about today. On what? What's on your mind? All, all, all kinds of stuff. Um, like, who do we have to apologize to? Who do we have to Talking about veganism. And oh, no. So, about let's clarify that. We are not demonizing veganism. We're not promoting carnivore. We're not, that's, if we, if we could take, if anybody that listens to this would take one thing away is, uh, the more unnatural your food looks, the worse it's going to be for you. Yeah. Right. So if you're a vegan out there and you think two tofu is a jam, no, uh, that stuff's not. It's it's a pro, it's an ultra processed food. Yeah. Soy burgers, soybean, like that. That's not. If you're going to be a vegan, be a vegan. Right. Eat whole foods in the natural form that you know they were made. Mm-hmm. Uh, same way with a carnivore. Right. You know. Uh, I mean, that, that'd be the ultimate joke to see like green beans that were completely made of like uh, ground up beef, you know, like, you know, like the vegans are do, like, you know, people that are vegan and vegetarian now, like the Beyond Burger, like, oh, I still want that, that mouthfeel of the meat. Like, well, I'm a carnivore. I just want that mouthfeel of a green bean. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I think we're onto something. I'm going to get the patent for that. I'll, uh, completely beef uh, cauliflower. I think that's going to sell well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll hold off on investing. Let me know how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that trying not to, to offend anybody. I think that probably just bought that full circle. <laughs> that being said, my point is don't, you know, it can't. Whole foods. Whole foods. Whole foods. Uh, it, whether it's vegetarian, whether it's vegan, whether it's pescatarian, whether yeah. it, whatever it is, eat whole foods. Yeah. All right. We'll leave it on that. All right. Y'all Thanks, have a great guys. week. All right. Bye.